The Lord be with you and also with you. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of God's glory. In virtual worship, our sanctuary empty, we gather together this Sunday, Trinity Sunday, June 7th, 2020, to illumine the imagination by the beauty of God, to quicken the conscience by the holiness of God, to warm the heart by the love of God, to devote the will to the purposes of God. We gather to worship Almighty God. The liturgy, music, and homily are offered in the praise of God for our virtual congregation through WBUR 90.9 FM and our listenership now and later at WBUR.org. We welcome your prayerful and material support, your written or emailed responses, your self-selection of forms of leadership, ministry, and service in our midst. And as the spirit moves, and when and as it is again permitted and safe to do so, your presence with us here in worship. As we enter a sacred hour this Lord's Day, we are particularly mindful of and prayerful for both those who are suffering the effects of racism amid social difficulties of our time and for those who are suffering the effects of health and safety concerns of our time. Today's service of worship includes greeting and sermon new this week, along with music and liturgy rebroadcast from earlier services. Although our nave is empty, the music is full. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it.
Let us pray. Holy God, faithful and unchanging, enlarge our minds with the knowledge of your truth and draw us more deeply into the mystery of your love that we may truly worship you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, now, now, and forever. Amen. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love towards us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you always and also with May we exchange with one another signs of his peace. Lesson from Paul's second epistle to the Corinthians, chapter 13, verses 11 through 13. Finally, brothers and sisters, farewell. Put things in order. Listen to my appeal. Agree with one another. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints greet you. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Please join me in saying verses from Psalm 8 with the Antiphon. Our sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and infants, you have founded a bulwark because of your foes to silence the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you have established, what are you? Yet you have made them a little lower than God, and crowned them with glory and honor. Given them dominion of your hands. You have put all things under their feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the seas. O Lord, our sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth. stand as we are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the Gospel. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Matthew, chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to you. Go, therefore. And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always, to the end of the age. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Christ. We are a people drenched in sorrows. As this sermon is recorded today, Wednesday, June 3rd, we are a nation afflicted, caught somewhere between pandemic and pandemonium. So come with me for a moment aside, a moment apart, wherein we survey together the high ground, scour the background, and seek the common ground of our current condition, the condition our condition is in. First, the high ground. Former Secretary of Homeland Security, Jay Johnson, led us toward high ground this week. He had done so before, right here. Some of you will remember his voice in 2014 from this pulpit. 
Secretary Johnson preached from the Marsh pulpit on January 25th, 2014. Present with Johnson and the Dean of Marsh Chapel were Charlene Hunter-Galt, two dozen BU medical students in their white coats, another physician who had been the doctor for Arthur Ashe, the then president of Planned Parenthood, Cecile Richards, about 300 guests, family, and friends. We were present to honor the life and faithfulness of Dr. Kenneth Edelin, a BU alumnus, redound physician, and national civil rights leader. Marsh Chapel that day was full. At one point, we asked the congregation to recite together the 23rd Psalm. Family and friends in the first pew did so. Colleagues and physicians across the nave did so. Leaders of national organizations near and far did so. And in the balcony, 20 white-coated medical students together did so. At that point in the service, we stood silently together following the psalm to honor the life and faith of the deceased. That day I met a friend and the personal physician of Arthur Ashe, whose life, prowess, faithfulness, and service had always so inspired me. Read again this summer his autobiography, Days of Grace. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. In the collation following the service, some of us remembered Arthur Ashe. Arthur Ashe suffered a heart attack in 1979. He would later undergo surgery for quadruple bypass, but continued to suffer chest pain. This forced him to retire from tennis with a record of 818 to 260, including his three grand slams. He remains the only African-American male to have won any of these men's singles titles. Ash would have to undergo a second bypass surgery in 1983. During this operation, he received a blood transfusion. The blood Ash received was infected with human immunodeficiency virus, HIV. In 1988, this discovery was made. The condition was kept private until 1992, when Ash announced to the world he had AIDS. When asked if having AIDS was the toughest challenge he had ever had to face, Ash replied, no, the hardest thing I've ever had to deal with was being a black man in this society, having to live as a minority in America. Even now, it feels like an extra weight tied around me. Also in the collation following the service, Charlene Huntergald introduced herself. You re may remember her as we did from her many and fine contributions to the News Hour with Jim Lehrer. She said, I need to talk to you about later about the 23rd Psalm. I was so pleased to see meet her and then so worried that I had somehow offended her that the collation time passed anxiously. It needn't have done. She wanted to recall a memory, a memory of her younger self at age 18, the first African-American to integrate the University of Georgia, the daughter of a Baptist minister, alone in a big place, a strange place, a new place. Walking home the third night, there were taunts and threats. The university that day had suggested she might want to go home at least for a while. She went into her room, she closed the door, she turned out the lights, and she waited until quiet finally came. And then, it was the only thing that came to her mind, the prayer of David in Psalm 23 came to her, and she spoke the psalm, alone, afraid, uncertain, at night. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I do not recall the full content in that memorial of Secretary Jay Johnson's eulogy. I do clearly remember his necessarily taking over my downstairs office with two fully uniformed attaches carrying the famous black box who announced, we need to be next to a telephone landline. I do also recall what Johnson said on Tuesday of this week, keeping us focused on the high ground, the high ground, June 2nd, 2020. Protest, he said, as Martin Luther King taught us, 
is a form of language by those who believe that their voices are not heard. And the grievance here is legitimate. Protest that crosses into violence is counterproductive to the message. It undermines the message. It seeds the moral high ground and it strengthens those on the other side of the debate. Looting undermines the larger effort here. It undermines the message. It distracts from it. And it gives, it strengthens the hand of those on the militant extremist law and order side. As the sermon last Sunday affirmed, order matters. In order that the legitimate grievance be heard. In order that the language of protest be heard. Second, the background, from high ground to background. We have covered this ground, call it the background from this pulpit many times before, a few from several examples. We did so under the theme, A New Birth of Freedom, in reference to Jeremiah Wright, January 18, 2009. We did so under the theme, Learning Together, in reference to Ferguson and Trayvon Martin, August 24, 2014. We did so under the theme, Still Point, in reference to the Charleston Nine, June 21, 2015. We did so under the theme, Bear Witness to the Truth, in reference to Charlottesville a year earlier, November 25th, 2018. We do so today under the theme, Ground of Being, in reference to George Floyd. These are offered with encouragement that if you have the time and energy, you take the time and energy to read these or other materials to know better our background. Not everyone will find satisfac satisfaction in listening to or reading old sermons, pity that, so you may simply want to read and read and read. Don't scan, read. Start with James Baldwin, what a voice. Nothing, he wrote, is fixed forever and forever. It is not fixed. The earth is always shifting and the light is always changing and the sea does not cease to grind down the rock. Generations do not cease to be born and we are responsible to them because they are the only witnesses we have. The sea rises, the light fails, lovers cling to one another and children cling to us. The moment we cease to hold each other the moment we break faith with each other, the sea engulfs and the light goes out. Continue then with William Faulkner, light in August, say, something bracing and dark from Faulkner on fire. A fellow is, he wrote, more afraid of the trouble he might have than he ever is of the trouble he's already got. He'll cling to the trouble he's used to before he'll risk a change. Yes, a man will talk about how he'd like to escape from living folks, but it's the dead folks that do him the damage. It's the dead ones that lay quiet in one place and don't try to hold him that he can't escape from. He said, remember this, your grandfather and your brother are lying there. None can escape it. And I said, not even me, and he said, not even you, least of all you. And otherwise, we remember Faulkner, the past is not dead, it's not even past. But don't stop reading until you have read Cornell professor Edward Baptist's The Half Has Never Been Told, Slavery and the Making of American Capitalism. We dwell in the 10th floor of a building whose first three stories were constructed with stolen land and enslaved labor, free land and free labor, for the benefit of anyone who had used or used money then or now. Now bear with me a moment as we cover the contours of our background. Read Professor Baptist on the building of the New South, 1807 to 1861, he wrote. The massive and cruel engineering required to rip a million people from their homes, brutally drive them to a new diseased ridden place and make them live in terror 
and as they continually built and rebuilt a commodity-generating empire. This vanished in the story of a slavery that was supposedly focused primarily not on producing profit, but on maintaining its status as a quasi-feudal elite, or producing modern ideas about race in order to maintain white unity and elite power. Read Professor Baptist on the investment incentives therein, he wrote. And because the, the man in the iron collar and all who followed him into the depths of the continent would make not a luxury product, but the most basic commodity in a new kind of endlessly expanding economy, there would also be no limit to the number of enslavers or to the number of investors who would want to chase enslavement's rewards. Only conscience or the inability of the world's investment markets to deploy enough savings could impede the transfer of capital to slavery's new frontiers. Read Professor Baptist on avarice. He wrote, a world greedy for a slice of the whipping machine super profits had financed the occupation of a continent and the forced migration of enslaved African Americans to the southwestern cotton fields helped to make the modern world economy possible. Slavery's expansion was the driving force in U.S. history between the framing of the Constitution and the beginning of the Civil War. It made the nation large and unified. Third, the common ground. We conclude with a Trinitarian reminder of our common ground, from high ground to background to common ground in our holy gospel. Our gospel lesson, the conclusion of St. Matthew, is an early introduction of the Trinity, the relational model of divinity so struggled after and so central to early Christianity. In that way, the Trinity is the original Christian common ground, the divine dimension of the possibility of relationship. We can use that rem reminder this morning in early June 2020, the possibility of relationship. We conclude with a Trinitarian reminder of common ground in our very humanity. We are all more human and more alike than we regularly affirm, all of us, on this great globe. We all survive the birth canal and so have a native survivor's guilt, all eight billion. We all need daily two things, bread and a name. One does not live by bread alone, all eight billion. We all grow to a point of separation, a leaving home, a second identity, all eight billion. We all love our families, love our children, love our homes, love our grandchildren, all eight billion. We all age, and after age 50, it's maintenance, 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 all eight billion. And we all shuffle off this mortal coil en route to that undiscovered country from whose born no traveler returns, all eight billion. We conclude with a Trinitarian that is a relational reminder of common ground in our communion with one another, the communion of saints. A reminder that given our endless fallibility and our end in mortality, we need each other. In a moment, we will hear again the ancient liturgy for Eucharist. We are not together this morning to receive together the bread and cup, but we are together this morning in relationship by memory, in hope, through prayer. And with a little imagination, with eyes closed and hearts open, we might allow the familiar ancient prayers of communion to bring us into communion. So for the next few minutes, travel with a little imagination. Imagine Eucharist at Marsh Chapel Stand to sing, pause to reflect, step out into the aisle, especially notice the students who were among us, who will be among us. They need you, we need one another now.
add and look past Abraham Lincoln and Francis Willard, receive cup and bread, bread and cup, kneel at the altar to pray, and stand in communion with the communion of saints. Imagine a congregation reciting together. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Sursum corda, lift up your hearts. Lift and live in a relational trinity. Seek the high ground, scour the background, survey the common ground. Amen.
O thou in whose light we see light, bless these gifts and the givers, we pray. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. Before the mountains were brought forth, or you had formed the earth from everlasting to everlasting, you alone are God. You created light out of darkness and brought forth life on the earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. are you and blessed is your son Jesus Christ in whom you have revealed yourself our light and our salvation and now we give you thanks because by appearing in the temple he brings his peace to the world the word made flesh searches the hearts of all your people to bring to light the brightness of your splendor by the baptism of his suffering death and resurrection you gave birth to your church delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup, he gave thanks to you and gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. And now with the confidence of children of God, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever.
May we pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Go in peace and serve the living God. Amen.